Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. And um, I'm just excited about what God's going to do at Christmas at the movies. And today we're going to be talking about... Um, the whole month we're going to be talking about the nativity story, the story of Jesus being born in the manger. And to be honest, it is the story of the beginning of our salvation. It's a story the beginning of our redemption and is the beginning of our freedom. See, the story that the thread that started, started this came for, for me. It was for my fullness, the living, the fullness of God. It started with a baby in a manger. And if we're talking about this week, we're talking about Miracle at 34th Street. Anybody seen this movie before? Anybody seen this movie? It's a classic. It's a classic movie. Originally, it, it, it was made in 1947. Anybody born? In, no, I'm just kidding. Um, 1947 and remade in 1994. The story was about a shopping store, Santa Claus, that was proving, was trying to prove himself to be the true Santa Claus, and the characters were battling the unbelieving, uh, uh, believing on Mr. Santa Claus, and it, it really took place um, trying to finally believe the man in the red suit. The story is a classic miracle on 34th Street, but in between 6 BC and 4 BC, there was another miracle that happened on the street of Bethlehem, and that was a story that brought the joy to the world. We all talk about it every December, joy to the world. The birth of Jesus was a miracle within itself. Listen to this. A young girl conceived of, conceiving a child, super young, messing up her whole life, and he said, hey, through the Holy Spirit. A man named Joseph, not truly believing in the whole, the whole thing, an angel had to reveal it to him, and he changed his perspective and became Jesus's dad. Even the whole story of being born in a manger wasn't an ideal situation. There was no room in the inns. They were born in a barn with animals and animals stuff. And it was not an ideal situation. This miracle before the cross, before the grave, there was swaddling clothes and Jesus born in the manger to start it all off. Emmanuel, God with us. The story that started all with a baby was the beginning of our redemption. The story of the, the, uh, in the, with this baby is the story of our start of our salvation. Because without Jesus, we're nothing. It started it all in this manger. And as the, as the story of the 34th Street, the miracle on 34th Street, there was a perspective of, there was two perspectives that we saw here. It was the perspective of the mother and the perspective of the daughter trying to figure out or trying to believe in Mr. Claus. Trying to believe in Santa. And you saw the thread of them trying to struggle through their belief of Santa Claus. And I want to talk about today, not about Santa Claus, but us believing in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus being born. 
And we have to see this. There's a different perspective of two characters in this, in this, in this narrative, in this nativity story that I want to talk about today. And I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm probably going to mess up some of your Hobby Lobby thin theology real quick, okay? I'm about to mess up all the, the decorations you have in your house. I'm about to, dec- I'm about to mess up your childhood because we're going to talk about the nativity story Kind of how it's not really talked about. Because we all see the little, we all have one of these. If you don't, are you even a Christian? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's so bad. We see one of these, you either have it outside or under the tree. And um, because you have to have, you can't just celebrate Santa Claus. You got to celebrate Jesus too. All right. But we see this, this, this story scene and we see the little you know the little sheep right we, we we see the little sheep there and the sheep are there because the the shepherds came and then you see mary mary's chilling right there and then you also see where's joseph joseph's here um they're there and then you also with the story you have to have sweet baby jesus in the manger right jesus is there all right and then there was like, I don't know why they have palm trees. Is there palm trees in Bethlehem? But let's go with it, okay? Um, that's there. And the angel, the angel don't fit on the tree, but we'll put him over here. But then there's other kind of characters in this story. There was a shepherd. They said there were shepherds. And then there was also wise men, okay? Wise men, magi, all right? And in this scene, this is kind of how we all kind of seen it. You know, the the the, the wise men came, they saw the star, and then the shepherd came, and they 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 just is the beautiful scene of the nativity story. That's how you see it, right? We all seen it that way, and that's how it is. And I'm here to tell you this didn't happen. I just messed everybody up. They're like, they're like, wait up, they're like. It didn't happen. Yes, Jesus was there. Yes, Mary was there. Joseph was there. Even the donkey was there, okay? But you have to understand, if you really read the nativity story, there's two perspectives I want us to talk about today. I want to talk about the perspective of the shepherd and the perspective of the wise men. And as the, as the story goes in the miracle of 34, so we saw the two perspectives, and the outcome was them believing in Santa. But I want us to understand that there was two perspectives. We, we are the, the wise men and the shepherd, but if we don't truly read the word, we're truly not going to see the representation of what they really brought to the table in this scene. Because in reality, these three were not there the day Jesus was born. Let me just put them over here. And for the sake of your decorations and Hobby Lobby selling you stuff, they're not going to sell you like the real thing. And then two years later, there's the wise men here. Okay, they're just going to put it all together. But it's just an image of what we thought the nativity scene was. But in reality, they weren't there. Let's let's just let's just read it real fast. And so you so you don't think that I'm, I'm actually crazy in this two perspectives come with the same outcome. And it's still a beautiful story. I'm going to read here a little bit just to give you a little bit of context of what we're talking about today. The miracle that happened on that Bethlehem day and then also when they joined the scene as well. Let's go to um, let's go to the book of Luke chapter two, verse eight through 20. And let me read here real fast. It says, 
Now there was a, now in the same country, shepherd living in the field, keeping watch of the flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone up around them, and they were greatly afraid. Wouldn't you be afraid if you're just chilling out in the, in the pastures one day, and then angels just pop up? And I'm like, okay, cool. Then the angel said, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is to all people, for they are born in the, this day in the city of, the, uh, of David, a Savior, who's Christ the Lord, and they will re-sign re to you that the babe will be wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there were angels in the multitude of heavens praising, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now check this out in verse 15. So it was when the angels gone away into heaven the shepherds said to each other let us go now to Bethlehem and see the things that has passed and which the Lord has known to us verse 16 and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe laying in the manger and when they saw these things they widely known to them and they they which was told to them concerning the child so now we see here the shepherds actually getting to the scene. The angels came to the shepherds in the field and it said they went right away. So we know right then that the shepherds were at the scene on the nativity scene, seeing baby Jesus in the manger. But let's talk about the wise men because usually we say, boom, well, he had frankincense. Nobody liked that, okay? Um, so we hear, usually we see that but that's not the story. Let's read the, the account of the wise men here in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 2 and 9. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Right there, we, we, we know that Jesus was born already. So as Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the, in the days of Herod the king, behold, the wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who's been born? King of the Jews, for we want to see him. The star in the east came, and we want to come and worship him. Verse nine. When they heard, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which was they had seen from the east went before them until they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly in great joy. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child so clearly we see two things going on right here we see shepherds coming to a manger clearly says hey he they were there they went quickly met jesus as a baby in the manger now we see the wise men saying hey they see the young child in the house two different locations two different accounts same outcome same outcome let, let me just break this down for you. Number, and, and this can be so clear in our life as well. Number one, it doesn't matter when. In your life, it doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter when you find Jesus. The outcome is find Jesus. Let me just, let me just clear some of your, your minds for a fact. It, it didn't matter when the wise men came. It didn't matter when the shepherd came. The experience was the same. They found Jesus. 
So in your life, it doesn't matter if it takes you years to find Jesus. It doesn't matter that you were you found Jesus when you were a little kid. It doesn't matter. What matters is the outcome. The outcome is finding the King of Kings, finding the Lord of Lords. When you find him, that's what matters. This is what happens in church world today. Is we 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 downgrade each other's experience finding Jesus. Oh, I've been a Christian all my life, and you're ju- you're just a new Christian. You can't experience him the way I experienced him because I found him first. Am I being too real? Or we look at people that still haven't found Jesus, and we put our nose to them because. Mm, I found him and you didn't. I I, I know you probably don't do it that way. But when you're speaking to people, we're like, they're just sinners. Who are you? We cannot put a timeline to where God's grace will find people. Sometimes we write people out, but they're still a part of the story. It's just they experience him in a different way, in a different place. You found Jesus on the side of your bed while you were praying. Somebody else found him in the prison cell. It doesn't matter. The outcome is they found Jesus. But what we've grown up with is a judgmental mindset of reality and religion. And it's okay. We've done it in the church at times. We say, oh, they're just people in, in, in the prison system. They, oh, they just found Jesus because they just got caught. You heard that before. Am I just being too real today? The nativity story we're talking about right now. But we, what we do is like, oh, I'm an elite Christian. We cannot judge each other's story. See, the shepherds saw the baby. The wise men saw the boy. It doesn't matter when you find the king. The point is to find the king. We can't compare our stories to diminish the miracle that matters, which is finding Jesus in our life. See, some of us don't want to find Jesus because of the shame and guilt we hold every day. Oh, if they just knew what I did. Or if they or if they if they really knew who I was, it doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you today, whatever you come into the story with, it doesn't matter. Find Jesus today, because when you find Jesus, your life is transformed forever. Can you find? Will you find him today? Will you find him today? It might take years. It might be a right away experience, but find him. In Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine says, for by grace. You have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. This is the gift of God, not resulting in works, for we do not boast. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9 says, A heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. It doesn't matter the time. It just matters if you're finding him. And some of us need to find Jesus on a constant basis. Just because you are saved doesn't mean that you are finding Jesus. Literally, we have to crucify our flesh daily. We got to pick up our cross daily. We got to try to find Jesus daily. 
Because sometimes we believe, we pray a prayer one time, and yes, you are saved, but there's a constant pursuit that has to happen. You continually have to find Jesus. You continually have to pursue Jesus. You continually have to get into your work, because what matters is, is your growth in him, not just one-time experience in him. We have to find Jesus on a daily basis. Number two, you have to find Jesus. Number two, you got to bring what you have. Bring what you have. And I think this is where believers or people that are, want, to, want to accept Jesus really don't accept Jesus because they don't have it all together yet. They don't have it all together yet. I hear this all the time. When I, when I get right, then I'll, then I'll do it. When, when, I, when, I, when, I, when I do my thing first, then I'll go. Then, then I'll, 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 I'll really follow Jesus. Uh, this time, you heard this one? This time, I'm really going for it. But the thing is, it's not about perfection. It's about a pursuit. See, the, the shepherds saw the angels before he, they saw the king. The wise men saw the star before they saw the king. You don't have to have it all together to see Jesus. Shepherds worshiped by their presence, the wise men worship by their gifts. See, the shepherd was a, the loneliest, the poorest job ever. Nobody want to do it. You're dealing with dumb sheep. You're dealing with sheep. Look at this. Bad. You don't want to do that. The shepherd was the most... One of the poorest jobs back in those days. And all they had to bring the king was their presence. If I can just be in the room, that's all I have. That, that's all I have, God. Sometimes that's all you have, God. I'm just here. I just made it. These kids were driving me insane on the way here. Me and my wife were arguing on the way here. You know, McDonald's lines was too long and Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Come on. All I have is my presence. Shepherds, that's all they had. The wise men were different. These men were balling. They were rich. <laughs> they had it all. Astrologers, they, 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 had, they were very wealthy. And they brought gifts to Jesus. So what do you, I, I was really thinking about that because sometimes in, 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 in our world, we think that we have to bring the, our perfection to Jesus, our, our things to Jesus. But the shepherds only had bath and their presence. They didn't have all the things to give. But what does that tell me? It tells me whatever stage in your life Whatever you have, Jesus wants. Let me say it like this. The shepherds worship with presents. The magi worship with gifts. Both worship. What does that tell me today? Whatever you have is good enough for the king. Somebody needs to hear that today. Whatever you have is good enough for the king. 
You, you might be wealthy and you might give to the community. You might give to the church. And yes, that's great. But some of you, you don't have it all like that. But all you have is your time, your energy, your, your embrace, your love. Both are worship. Both are good. One is not better than the other. Our job is not to bring, to, 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 to perform for Jesus. No, our job is just to get to him and worship him. It's to worship him. The greatest gift, the greatest thing you can give to God is your worship. Is your worship. They brought gifts. They brought themselves. Both were worship. Both was a sacrifice of worship. Both was pleasing to God. I'm here to tell you today, you don't have to have it all together to come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and let's worship him together. Let's worship for what you cannot. You have you have something to worship God about. Guess what? You're breathing. <gasps> worship him. You didn't give that breath in your lungs. You, 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 you have clothes on your back. Yeah. Hey, it might not be the nice, fanciest ones. Guess what? You're still blessed. Let's worship him. We are here to worship the king. The one that miracle that happened on that day. We worship him just as they did as well. It says in the Bible that we worship him in spirit and in truth. We can only worship God from who we truly are. Let me just say that again. Because we, some, some, some of us are trying to worship from other people's experience. It's too quiet here. Oh, they're great. They're, they're blessed. But what about you? We're, sometimes it's a sacrifice to worship. You got to push past some of your issues. You got to push past even your day. Some, some of you have some bad days, but when you get into the presence of God, when you get into worship, things change because you are worshiping a king that is not dead. He's alive. It's worship. The king today. And how do we worship in Romans chapter 12 verse 1? It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. By the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a spiritual worship. The last thing that they had to do is not only they had to find Jesus, and when they found him, they worshipped him. Number two, they had to find the right thing. See, in your life, you got to find the right thing. Come on. Because you can find certain things if you're really searching for it. Let me just say this real fast. The, the reality is, if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Especially in people. We put our reliance on people so much, and we're surprised when they hurt us. I'm not saying not to hate people, like walk around like, oh, I hate people. What I'm saying is, when you put your faith in people so much and you sit back and like, oh, they hurt me, you're only hurting yourself by being like that. Because the reality is, when you find Jesus, especially in church, people come to church and they're attached to people or they're attached to a thing. They're attached to a pastor. They're attached to a thing. And whenever that person hurts them or when that person be is a human and like fail, what happens? Oh, because we're not 
to find the things like religion, charisma, personality, or a face. We're just here to find Jesus. If you're here for the right thing, if you're here, they came for the right thing. The wise men, there was a plot by King Herod as the wise said, hey, the, the King Herod said, hey, why don't you go over there, find Jesus, I want to worship. But in reality, he wanted to kill Jesus. But when the wise men went for the right thing and they saw Jesus and they experienced the king, it said that their perspective changed and they went another way. It said that the, the shepherds, when they saw the king, they were marveled at what they saw. And they went from town to town telling people what they experienced. Why are you telling me that? When you are coming to a place for the wrong things, you will find the wrong things. But when you come for the right thing, which is Jesus, the one who saves, the one who heals, the one who delivers, the one who sets my, my cap, kept the captains free, the one that does me, that does in my life that nobody else can. When you come for the right thing, then you leave changed. Are you relying on experience in people and not the experience in the king? Because people will fail you. As your pastor, I will fail you. Probably have a couple times already. <laughs> but if you're coming here for me, you're coming here for the wrong thing. This worship team is great. But if you're coming here just for worship, you're coming here for the wrong thing. Kids ministry is great. Everything, it's nice and comfortable. It's, it's very nice in here. But if you're coming here just for a building or just for an experience, you're coming for the wrong thing. But when your heart posture is I'm coming here to experience Jesus, for him to transform my life, my dead, my, my things on the inside that are killing me on the inside, I want it to be free from it. If you're coming for the right things, you're going to be left, you're going to be leaving with the right things in your life. We have to go for the right things. And then when those things, when we're going for the right things in life, everything else falls into place. We said it last week. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all things will be added unto you. We have to keep the right thing, the right thing. And when we find Jesus, he transforms our life, and everything changes in our life. You want a true experience with Jesus? Guess what? Find Jesus. This is not a, like a crazy theological message today. I'm just here to, to remind you, Jesus is the main thing. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. It's not about a church, even though God uses the church, but even, it's not about this building. It's about Jesus. And when we put the light on the real thing, on the right thing, his blessings and, and, and favor comes on our life because we're not focused on the noise. We're not focused on the personalities. We're not focused on the emotional high. We're focused on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, what we came for. God, open up the windows of heaven. We're here to experience you in a whole nother way. We don't want to leave this place the same. Are you ready to experience Jesus? Because when you experience Jesus, 
your life is transformed. You want to know what if you haven't experienced Jesus? You're doing the same stuff? Yeah, we all fall short. But there needs to be something that we don't talk about a lot in our life. It's called conviction. If you live life outside of conviction, you live a very dangerous life. Because if this word doesn't convict you anymore, what will? This story of this baby changes me even now. Because without that beginning, there is not the end. And at the end, we win. At the end of the story, there was, a, there was that same Jesus that died on the cross for you and rose again on the third day for your redemption of your sins. The question is, he is here. Do you want to find him? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is in the miracle on that Bethlehem street. Begin the miracle in your life today. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.